You know the number one rule of being a landlord? Mm-hmm. You know what that is? No. Customer service? Oh, yeah, but you know what it is? No. Yes? What is it? No. Look, I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or an experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. So I was just on CBC not too long ago on The National, which is actually really cool. But it was a really controversial topic, and I do want to address it in today's podcast. And that is the difference between landlords and tenants. And it's really a housing affordability crisis that we're in. And who's paying for the increase in prices, right? Is it the landlord's responsibility or is it the tenant's responsibility? Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. They set us on a round table between all the tenants, landlords, like different spectrums. Mm-hmm. And I was representing the landlord side of it. And there's a lot of hate on YouTube. I think there's just a lot of hate towards landlords in general. But it's so silly. And I know all you guys here understand this. And maybe people listening to this podcast understand it as well, too. Uh, but if well, there's no landlords, there's no place for people to rent. Exactly. Sure. Yep. Right. And then, okay, so the tenant side, I'll play the devil's advocate, for example, right? Because I know their arguments. And their arguments are saying that it's we're the ones driving up the prices. If it wasn't for landlords buying properties, prices wouldn't be so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was a study done um, last year, this year, that 20% of purchasers were investors. Only 20%. Mm-hmm. So the other four fifths, the other 80% are actually end users. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know right. if that's true or not. But um, anyway, at the end of the day, I think that I, I don't. So, yes taking a real estate property and and like somebody's home and financializing it making it like you know charging money for it making a profit is the controversial issue Mm -hmm. tenants don't like that they want their housing for free Mm -hmm. or cheap (laughs) (laughs) right but you know what i I saw the best comment i actually have it open here and it says that uh housing investors like kenneth yam are the bane of all canadian housing market so he's treating housing like stocks all leverage meaning he can't afford these properties he's just using rent to pay off his mortgages but before fully paying off the mortgage, he would go then buy another property. <laughs> then he has the audacity to complain about rising interest rates. If you can't afford something, don't buy it. It's like the person using a credit card by 3000 and then complain about high credit card interest. He gets no sympathy from me. Sure, I totally understand bump, what that means. <laughs> but bump, somebody bump. said, somebody else said, which is true, the reasonable person says, he's, using leg- he's running a legitimate business. Many mm-hmm. businesses use leverage. Mm-hmm. And all businesses use leverage. Change Mr. Yim to Hertz and housing to rental cars, and it's exact same situation. Mm-hmm. Your envy is clouding your rationale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that guy's the first guy is just a hater. He's probably at home, like just doing that, just it's hating on everything. Yeah. There was a uh, funny know? comment too that said something about how uh, landlords greed or something like that or, or want to profit, and then tenants. Uh, I gotta find it, but they said like tenants hate or something or jealous. Tenants are jealous. Yeah, but I shouldn't like. We got to be a little sensitive on that, okay? Like, tenants yeah. aren't bad people. They're customers. They need no. a place to live. They want to rent. Yeah. They, either they choose to or they have to, right? Because they don't have the capital to buy something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that. It's just the way it is. Or they're just moving into the city. They're trying to figure out which area they want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, not all of them are, you know, bad. I, I don't think, think it's very much bad. like team versus team, and it doesn't have to be, right? Like, landlord doesn't necessarily need to be against a renter, or mm. the other way around. Like we can definitely work together and there's always a need mm-hmm. and not everybody necessarily wants to buy either. Well, but I, I think yeah. it's like 
in Toronto, especially with the rental market, I think a lot of renters are angry and they don't really have anyone to place the blame on. Mm -hmm. So it automatically goes on to the landlord. And fundamentally, it sounds like, you know, there are a lot of people who are actually angry with landlords because they don't have anyone to properly blame. Exactly. But ultimately, it feels like, you know, the system has sort of failed us. And this is why we're in a housing crisis. Right. And why private landlords are now being relied upon to either improve existing housing stock Mm -hmm. or to even increase housing stock. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the issue is so... um, I was talking to some other people too about it, right? Like ideally it would be federal, the federal government providing housing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. But then it's what communism is really. Right? Like it's <laughs> yeah. fascism, yeah. right? Like it's it, like, they shouldn't be providing housing for the, it's like they're relying on the private market, like the general people, everybody, mm-hmm. the investors to provide rental housing for people. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because like investors will have interest, vested interest in keeping their property maintained because there's a lot of maintenance. There's like a lot of inefficiencies that mm-hmm. if it's run by federally, centrally, mm-hmm. by a central government, that would happen, right? A lot of mm-hmm. corruption, a lot of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Forget Red tape, bureaucracy. Pardon me? Red tape and bureaucracy. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. they got to make plans for things that are um, universal between mm-hmm. all different locations and all different provinces and mm-hmm. cities and municipalities. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible. It's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, why should taxpayers pay for that too, right? At the same time. Yeah. So um, on the other hand, I understand the point of not keeping housing as a free market, like leaving it to the free markets because supply is an issue, mm-hmm. right? We can't build it. Like the supply is the answer to everything, by the way. Yeah. It's just, if we created enough, then housing would be cheaper because there'd be more supply to pick from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now we're limited. We have, you know, half a million people coming to the country. Yeah. 100,000 starts, housing yeah. completions, I should yeah. say, maybe mm-hmm. 200,000. They, highest, don't make, they don't make it as fast. You can't make it as oh. fast. And yeah. you know why they can't make it as fast? Red tape. Red tape, because zoning, because right. of um, uh, nimbyism. Mm-hmm. You know, if you own a house in a neighborhood, you don't want a 15-story apartment building as your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Right? Think of, or even yeah. like a triplex, for that matter. I actually don't mind that. I know you don't. I, I, I live in Pape and Danforth, and we day. got the, yeah, I mean, it's... It's just going to bring better businesses into the area. Yeah. Density, yeah, yeah, density. T- yeah, exactly. We talked about that in the last podcast yeah. or one of the podcasts. But yeah, density for sure brings in a lot more issues with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of capacity issues, traffic, and and just people you don't want in your neighborhood. So I totally get why. Mm-hmm. And forget about the nimbyism and zoning rules. What about like the c- productive capacity of construction crews? There's only so many cranes out there. For there's sure. only so many. You know, construction people, foremans, and all that kind of stuff. Like, there's only so many. That yeah, you and, so then, and, then, and then the city just gets. Busy and busy traffic, everything just so much doubles up, right? So due to construction, <coughs> yeah, we need so better infrastructure, but it's not in place. Yeah. And so the need was like ten years ago. We needed it ten years ago. We needed it twenty years ago. Right. So yeah, you're right. So the infrastructure can't keep up to the growing pace of development. Mm-hmm. Development can't keep up because there's you know first of all like getting permission to build, mm-hmm. and then also the ability for the crews to build. Mm-hmm. We can't just keep up with the demand. But the problem is we need this demand because. There's immigration coming into the country. And the reason why we need immigration is because our workforce is aging. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're getting older. Uh, we're not getting as productive. We're not producing as much. Our GDP is going down. Per mm-hmm. capita is going down. Like yep. per person is going down. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing for our economy mm-hmm. because we can't support our social services. It's like a pyramid scheme that's going to like gone upside down. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it is crum- a pyramid scheme. It's kind of crumbling around us at this point. It is. Yep. So there's a global um, fight for immigration. Like yes. everywhere in the world wants more immigrants yes. coming in and everywhere else around the world is horrible. Like there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. So mm-hmm. they want to come to Canada where it's politically safe, yeah. economically safe and all that stuff. But if our housing becomes too unaffordable, they're not going to come here. 
And that's a conversation I had recently with uh, someone that we recently moved into Canada, uh, where they said that it's getting a little bit too expensive here, and they realized that if they just made the same income that they did, but they lived elsewhere, yeah, yeah, which they can because they can work remotely, they would actually be living a lot better. So that was my comment on that soundbite at the CBC thing, where it says, if you can't afford to live there, there's other parts of Canada that you can live in. And I know it sounds like it didn't get well received, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I I totally get it. It's controversial, because moving is hard. Like, nobody wants to just pick up their life, Mm -hmm. especially if they were for 15 years, their kids are in school, whatever, Mm -hmm. and just move. But, like, if you really have to make that move, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, there's nothing wrong with going to, like, Calgary or whatever, right? Like, there's people moving to Calgary now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But people that have had their whole lives here don't want to uproot their lives to go somewhere else just because housing affordability isn't a thing i get it i totally get it yeah it's hard but yeah. who's paying for that increase in no, taxes I totally get it. insurance mm-hmm. maintenance interest yeah. taxes i already said taxes yeah. but etc there's ex- increased costs for housing mm-hmm. who pays for that the landlord the tenant i mean i don't have the solution both? here Ken. No, i'm just talking out loud though right <laughs> like, i don't think anybody does and if you did you'd yeah. be prime minister right yeah. so like nobody can solve it it's a big problem yes and that's why it's a crisis affordability yeah. crisis mm-hmm. but like just theoretically think about it so you've lived there your whole family's there you've been there for 15 years in that community you have friends you have you know kids yeah. in school and you can't just pick up and go because you're all of a sudden your landlord wants a place back mm-hmm. so there's rules preventing that in ontario you can't just take your place back because mm-hmm. even though it's your asset you can't kick the tens of people's homes at the end of the day Totally fine with that. But saying that if somebody has a one bedroom and they have a new kid and they need to move to a second bedroom, but then they can't afford the space because it's yeah. just double the rent now and they can't afford it. Why do you have to be there? That's, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's other options. Move to Bowmanville, move to like, you know, whatever, yeah. bury something, right? Like mm-hmm. that's more affordable. There's still great jobs out there. Well, not as good jobs as Toronto, obviously, but mm-hmm. has transit. And not as good transit. I mean, you can argue that, but like go transit, go train, go train. Yeah, like it's just to the city. Yeah, yeah, it's like forty-five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think a bottom line comes down to the change is bad. Like people don't like change. People mm-hmm. are afraid of change. Change is good. I sorry, I should say, but people don't like change. People don't like change. Exactly. Because they're don't. very comfortable where with where, where they are and what they know. It's kind of like it's very scared for them to move. Mm-hmm. So. And I think Definitely. if you practice the flex that muscle of change and always try to change things up, mm-hmm. you get used to it. It's like doing reps, you know what I mean? Like, what's the process of getting jacked like Botter is, right? <laughs> it's about ripping muscle, you yeah. know? It's like lifting weights is ripping muscle. You're damaging your body so that it can recover better. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes Same. you more adaptable. Well, that's it, right? Yeah. So I don't find anything with the comment I said. I mean, like, I don't know, some people might hate what we're saying and rep- mm-hmm. what we represent as landlords. I don't know. I have empathy for both sides. I really do. Because I think even that guy that said, you know, he lived in that unit for 15 years, I think if he was in the position to also be a landlord, he would probably jump on that opportunity. Seems like he really loves and cares about his kids a lot. Like, Mm. I think if he had the opportunity to do so, he would, he would probably do the exact same thing. Right. So I don't, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I do understand. I I get it. Like, like for example, for me, I'm I'm like in both situations. Like I have, I do have a tenant and also I am a tenant. Yeah. Right, so yeah, it's exactly. like it, I, I guess it, it comes down to the relationship you have with the landlord. Like my tenants, mm-hmm. amazing. Like they're nice. They're like the sweetest people. Pay, yeah. They pay early. Like they don't bug me or anything like that. And vice versa, same thing with us. Like yeah. we don't say any, we don't really give them any problems. Yeah, we have a rental increase that's happening in March by like the the standard two point five percent. Perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it is what it is. Right. So two point five percent increase for your rent, but inflation's running at. Seven or eight percent. So theoretically, your property itself, the one that you own, it's going yeah. up by seven. Or oh 8%. yeah, my, my my mortgage is up. 
Higher, yeah, Not huge. to forget about your mortgage, your maintenance fees go up. Yeah, too. my maintenance fees actually percent. did go up too. That's what I'm saying. It was like a That's nice. Yeah, so like why are we th- mandated by two and a half percent? Yeah, and, but also spread that spread year. that across 15 years. I mean, that it just compounds. It compounds, and yeah. it gets further and further away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my gripe about it. I totally get what you're saying, Michelle. About no, how but I also I also understand the landlords. Like we purchased that pre-construction. Eventually, we'll, we'll be landlords, and we'll be in, you know, the same the same boat. I just think we need to have empathy for both sides, mm-hmm. and it can't be like a us versus them. We need, we'll work together. It, well, we're we talking about the outliers. No, we're not talking about the relationships because I get along great with all my tenants, right? So no, it's, I know. it's more about. But what I'm saying is, those outliers, people that are angry, the bad landlords and bad tenants. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's definitely both. And that's what the landlord tenant board is supposed to help you protect. Well, against, they don't. Right? Well, they do. It's just a long wait times. It's a long yeah, but I think process. It, and everybody deserves the right to be heard and have yeah. a fair yeah. trial, if you will, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. But so, yes, I but am. But it definitely I, is failing landlords. I think on that side, there's a lot of horror stories out there. Like, why is it in some cases tenants are not paying their rent for like 11 months before you can even because be of the seen? wait times? So no, I know. In theory, like, if it was that's where it's two failing. months, like how it was back in the yeah. day, it, it took two months, and then yeah. you would get your hearing, and then you'd be able to recoup the costs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it takes time to screen the proper tenants properly and mm-hmm. choose the right tenants so you have a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, as a landlord, that's what you're doing. You're providing customer service to mm-hmm. somebody to rent your place and they're yeah. paying for that. It's also so, a risk of doing business as well. Like yeah. Yeah. getting a bad tenant in there. That's a risk that landlords knowingly take. Right, right. Um, so talking about the empathy part though, I, I, like, I totally get that. But like, you know, having, like, I don't want to boot them out either. I don't want to have to, you know, make them uproot and all that kind of stuff. And they should be entitled to live the life. You know, the number one rule of being a landlord you know what that is? No. Customer Sorry. service? Oh, yeah, but you know what it is? No. Yes? What is it? No. It's quiet enjoyment. You should give your tenants quiet enjoyment. You shouldn't be harassing them. Mm-hmm. You have to give them the right to enjoy the property. Do uh, If they want to live like pigs, let them live like pigs. It's okay. It's not, it's not your thing. As long as you're not damaging the place, yeah. right? As long as they're yeah. not yeah. substantial damage. Yeah. You have to give them quiet enjoyment. And that's actually defined in the legislation, mm-hmm. in the uh, Residential Tenancies Act. So, anyway, um, my point is that I'm not trying to kick them out because whatever reason, but like if they need to move for whatever reason, mm-hmm. if their life moves and they can't move anywhere else because they can't afford it, why do they have the right to stay there is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like why do they, why do they feel, in, sorry, I shouldn't say the right. Why do they feel entitled and feel like they should stay there and that their life shouldn't change because the whole world's financial picture changed mm-hmm. yeah. and the landlord's the one left carrying the bag, holding the bag. I 100% agree with you. But if you put yourself in their shoes, I, d- I think they just feel like they're, I don't know. Being the victim? Against a wall. Yeah, like backed into yeah. a wall. Like a victim? Yeah. Well, And I not mean, everyone has the ability to be like, okay, this is the situation I'm faced with, so I'm going to do this, and I can also empathize with the landlord. Like, not everyone has the ability to think like that. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know what I mean? Well, that's, just, that's their just um, the reaction they just have, right? Once everything, oh, by the way, they don't think about, oh, you know, the landlords have to pay extra now, blah, they blah, don't. blah. They just they react. Don't. They're not Because a lot of people think that landlords are greedy and yada, yada, And they're yada. like billionaires yeah. and stuff like that. I get it. Yeah. So just that's what I went. advocate. No. <laughs> I'm, <coughs> I'm with you on that. That's why I went on that on TV, national mm-hmm. TV, to, to talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. And try to give, mm-hmm. but we only had so much time to talk about yeah. it. So yeah. here we are continuing the conversation because yeah. I get it. Like, it, it's hard. Like, you know, the net worth of real estate owners people that own real estate is significantly higher than a tenant population. It mm-hmm. just, it is. It's because mm-hmm. of leverage, because over time, compounds, and tenants, if you have the money in your hand, you're not going to put it in a, like a 
savings account or whatever, you're going to spend it. You're going to do, yeah. your lifestyle is going to change for sure. Whereas if you have that financial commitment of for savings through buying property, you have to pay your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So you make sacrifices along the way. Oh, and whatever money that they do manage to put in savings is actually invulnerable to inflation, which compounds the problem even further. Right. And market fluctuations too. Yeah. So um, yes, the net worth of property owners, because that's the definition of an asset, yeah. is generally higher. Yeah. Right. So yes, landlords can absorb more shocks economically, but should they? That's the question. Should they? If they're not the ones living there, they're the ones providing safe housing mm-hmm. and nothing's really changed in terms of um, like, it's just the, the cost of everything went up. Like all the yeah. input costs of owning that property went up. Why should the landlord swallow it? Unless they have their mortgage paid off mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. can choose to. You know, that's a different story, but yeah. most people don't. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand it. Yep. I don't understand it. And I'm empathetic. I want to hear what people have to say. I would love to, you know, hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. But like, if you truly are one of those tenants that need social housing, then go mm-hmm. get social housing help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not from the private landlords. Yeah. yeah. But that's an issue in itself. That could be a whole other video. Cause I think the wait time is like six to eight years. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a big long ridiculous. lineup. It's a long Huge. wait. Yeah. But at the same time, like, so private enterprises, private landlords aren't going to do it. Private enterprises, yeah. like those billion dollar companies that they're talking about, the billion funds. Why should they do it? They yeah. won't do it. You know, like I, I was trying to understand this too. I was trying to talk, like, I think, I don't think this, I don't think this made it onto the camera, but uh, during that segment, yeah. but like, why should the billionaires, billionaire dollar companies do it? Because those billionaire dollar companies are not from like one rich person, Warren Buffett going there saying, I want to make housing for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's made up of every person that invests in RSPs mm-hmm. and TFSAs and funds and whatever. It's your savings. It's the retirements. It's the teachers. Mm-hmm. It's the pensioners. Yep. That money is put into these funds that buy this real estate. And they have to have a reasonable return. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they need their five, six, seven percent return, four, five, six, seven percent return, right? Yep. So that these ones building these houses. So why are they doing this for break even or negative, if anything, or a loss? Mm-hmm. So they have to make a profit too. Yeah. Not to mention the upkeep and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just don't get it. Like it's not gonna be the problem of the landlord. It's not gonna be the problem of the billionaire funds, billion dollar funds, mm-hmm. trillion dollar funds, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's the responsibility of the government. Mm-hmm. That's what the 100%. government is supposed And also to be doing. in BC, they have something which is like a rental subsidy program. I don't know if they have it in Ontario, but it's like, it's not housing. Like you could go to a private landlord and based on your income, the government tops you up. That's how it should be done. I don't understand yeah. why they don't do that. Yeah. I don't understand. The, okay, so we know that the government is not efficient enough to build the, the housing the houses, we need. Yeah. You don't, they're not going to build 1.5 million, yeah. million houses in 10 years. Yeah. But what they can do is uh, incent the private developers to build it mm-hmm. and subsidize the tenants that need it, need it the most, mm-hmm. give them a subsidy so yeah. that they can afford the market rents. Yeah. A hundred percent. That seems like the, the easiest solution. solution. It all. It's a solution. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a fine balance because the more money you print, the more money you give out to, you know, the people that don't meet that criteria that are under the, you know, social welfare that need that help. Mm-hmm. It's going to create more inflation because obviously you're going to print more money. Right. So it's a fine balance, but I think but there it's should being be done. It's being done in BC already. It should be done here. Yeah. yeah. And that's how you solve the housing crisis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Create more supply, fund the people that need it the most to get that market rent. Mm-hmm. And when you have the market rents based on supply, mm-hmm. then it'll just equalize and normalize. And that's what competition is. So many people say c- capitalism is a bad thing, but like that's what competition is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Right? You have a choice between, I don't know, cars, Mercedes or BMW, let's just yeah. say, or like Toyota, right? Yeah. You have a choice. There's different price points for them all but there's different offerings, mm-hmm. 
right? Maybe you want the luxury luxury leather, or maybe you don't want to pay for that luxury leather. So then you have a choice, right. and that's how it should be for housing if we had more supply. Yeah, the bull leather. The what? <laughs> You're just talking vegan about leather. It. No, we we're talking about earlier. There's like an option for bull leather. In uh, what car is it? Bentley's. Bentley. <laughs> Does Michael price anything? <laughs> well, I guess bull markets, right? So that's why you want to. I mean, ultimately, the, the problem is that we need a solution that brings us to an equilibrium. And it's very difficult to get to that point because not only do we have a lot of people who are just butting heads over the wrong issues, but we also have a lot of red tape. Mm-hmm. And there is just always the argument of, no, we don't have enough money. So we're not going to subsidize this. I mean, everything's being cut from healthcare to uh, QP workers. Like, where are they going to put the money at the end of the day? Yeah. What do you mean? Where are they going to put the money? Like, they're. Where are they going to decide to put it? When are they going to decide, or if are uh, are they ever going to decide to actually properly fund a program? The government. Yeah, they'll incentivize uh, private uh, builders or uh, developers to actually start building and then sort of helping people get into those units so we can actually reach that equilibrium because it's not going to work with all this red tape because that's already, we've already started off on the wrong footing with the housing crisis with too much government interference in the wrong direction. So now we need some more government interference to actually get to that point. Government support. Government support, right. Sorry. To actually get to that point where we reach the equilibrium. But we need that push. Sounds good in theory for sure. And I think it uh, makes sense. It's just, you know, at the end of the day, when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with so many different opinions and so mm. many different, you know, choices and people's freedoms. And it's, it's hard to please everybody. At the end of the day, you can't it, please you everybody. You can't. That's yeah. the thing. People are always in fight of this perfect, like, utopia. And it doesn't exist and it never will. Yeah. You just have to work. Take responsibility you work. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to work hard. Yeah. Can't get the handouts. I, I understand yeah. people that can't work. So those are the people that need the social support. For sure. But the people that can work, if you're just lazy... Yeah. There's no excuses yeah. to, to make those comments on YouTube. Like, seriously. Just like... We're yeah. going to get more now, Ken. You know, just <laughs> be, be a good human. But I it's true. Especially it. if, you're, if you're in the comments and you're... Like, deep down, you know that you would want to be in that position instead and in, as well. Why hate? Just use that as inspiration to work hard and make get the to the same, the same level. Like, I don't understand that. I don't know. You know? So I, I think um, there's an opportunity here if you are in the position to be able to provide housing and be a landlord. You know, uh, like, I, I'm not going to get a lot of hate for this, but like, <laughs> there, there's, there's an advantage <laughs> if you have capital. Yes. Seriously. Because there's a housing shortage. There's definitely a need. There's strong demand. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you could provide that housing, good, safe housing that's affordable for mm-hmm. people, or at least more competitively affordable, I should say, mm-hmm. then you'll win in the long run. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's unfair advantage almost, like if you have the capital. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different strategies on, instead of finding excuses and being the victim mm-hmm. and all that, there's so many different ways, like you're saying, Michelle, yeah. to make it happen, yeah. right? Because really, a lot of people forget that all you need is 5% down to buy a property, mm-hmm. right? If you're less than 500,000, up to 500,000. Yeah. And what do you mm-hmm. say, where do you buy someone for 500,000? Go to Red Deer, I got Alberta. One. I yeah. won. I got one right now. Where? Gonna come up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a studio. But like, not everyone wants to live in studios, right? But at least but you, you get could in. Rent the stu- you could rent well, it out. Well, what if you have a family and you're the country? Oh, right, right, right. So that's what I'm saying. You can go to like 
PEI or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just but you don't, in the province. But like, you don't have to also sell like the nicest, newest condo either. Like I've sold a place. Yeah, that Scarborough, was, that, that old was, condos. You can still yeah, get with reasonable yeah, maintenance fees. Yeah, less than 500K, fees. K, yeah. you could get it. Like I sold one up in Etobicoke yeah. a couple of years ago and it was like three bedrooms. It was huge. Yeah, you could definitely big. renovated it for, I think we sold it for 400 something. You could That's renovated so it. Right. Sure. And it's like, it's nice. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So for those people that have less than 20% down, you actually get an advantage in your terms of your mortgage because it's CMHC insured because you, mm -hmm. you're required to get insurance, if mortgage insurance if you're mm -hmm. under 20%, mm -hmm. which means that the banks will look at you favorably and they'll say, oh, this guy's insured. If he defaults on his payments, the uh, mortgage insurer is going to help the banks out or whatever, right? Whatever, however it works. Mm -hmm. So they get a better rate. So mm -hmm. yes, you're paying the premium, but also you get a better rate. Mm -hmm. So don't let that be an excuse that, oh, I need 20% down to get in. Get them with 5% down. Yeah, Bow I think partner, so many people are just like, ah, oh, like everything's over a million dollars. It isn't. Make a sacrifice. What's a yeah. million dollars? Like, why Why is that the number that I don't know. everyone's afraid of? I have no idea. You know, it's just I a don't number. Know where people got it. Why is everybody afraid of $1.3 billion of debt that we have as a country? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why? That number could be $100 million. It could be $50 trillion. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant at the end of the day mm. because we're going to print more money to pay that, like, to pay service the debt and also create social services. And in theory, we're going to inflate that debt away and we'll never pay that debt off. Mm -hmm. But as long as the quality of life is improving for the general population, mm -hmm. what's wrong with printing more money? You steal from future generations by, you know, creating inflation. I totally get that. And that's not right. So there's a balance. And the government wants 2%, mm -hmm. you know, like 7% is too much, but 2% is okay. They're going to drain your account by 2% every year. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, you'll never have to pay off the $1.3 in debt that we have as a country. Yeah. But you'll provide social services, you create new infrastructure, you create new roads, new jobs, new et cetera, new new immigration programs, new whatever to make our lives all better. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We just gotta keep the ball rolling. Just gotta keep productive. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about productivity. That's why the focus on GDP matters so much. Mm. Gross domestic domestic product, meaning as a country, as an aggregate, how much are we producing overall mm -hmm. as a population? Yeah. Meaning that what's our output? You know, because productivity is output. Right? Mm -hmm. What are we outputting? What are we creating? What are the, what's the thing that we're creating? For real estate agents, for us, it's the guidance and support and consulting to make sure that you're making the right decision on your biggest transaction of your life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it's selling or buying. That's our product. And sure, it's not productive because we're not necessarily creating a product that we can sell and whatever, but like people need homes to live in. Yep. Yeah. It's the service. Okay. Well, anyway. The solution is... <laughs> So solution, honestly, in my opinion, is to create more supply. And if you can't create more supply. Government subsidize. Government subsidies for individuals that need it yeah. so that they can buy market, market housing mm -hmm. instead of creating your own affordable housing, which mm -hmm. is very difficult. At least doing both in conjunction with it yeah. is the answer to it all. Yeah. Cool. It's come down to supply and demand. That's what Singapore did. Well, with the two-tier system, right? Two-tier yeah. housing? The HDB flat housing system. Yeah, tell me more about that. So from what I understand, um, the Singaporean government, one, builds the flats and they have a roster of people who apply on a wait list to actually get into it. And I believe they're assigned uh, to the family who shoulder the mortgage, but it's spread over a long period of time because it's a government program. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that they pretty much have all those years to pay it down. Um, and it's not an amount that would cause for them, cause them to not live comfortably. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I believe they're actually allowed to pass that mortgage down to their inheritors 
um, further down the line. So it creates an equilibrium where, you know, some families don't have too many kids. So they'll just have one kid who can just take over the mortgage and then continue to pay that down, but also continue to live in the place and have comfortable, (coughs) safe housing. So it's really like amortizations, cool. is that what it is? I believe it is, yeah. And it's uh, government-subsidized housing where they actually build it for them and place them in there with the program. I mean, okay, that'd be great if we could do that, but how come we can't do that? How come we can't create enough supply, but they can? The funny thing is, is that I actually met a couple of people at a wedding um, who lived in those programs, and they said, oh my God, you have a backyard? And I think that's the mentality that we have here. Um, everybody yeah. wants space. Everybody wants greenery. Everybody wants to have that. Privacy. privacy yeah that's um, why everyone thinks getting into the market is going to cost a million dollars yeah and that's also why we have so much resistance to condo developments mm-hmm. well i mean we are like the second biggest landmass in the world so i mean mm-hmm. I, or i think it is right so um th- yeah we should but the, yeah urban sprawl is bad i, I get that too mm-hmm. we're definitely entitled but i think that i think density is going to happen and you can't avoid it in it order to, to make things affordable we have to squeeze into more spaces yeah and create more supply so if any anybody has a solution for that, that'd be great. How to create more maybe modular homes, you know? Love modular homes. Yeah. All right. Anyway, with that, we gotta go. Gotta go. Add it up.